0: It's giving
1: messy. Where Mister Butler went wrong was thinking that he couldn't give credit where credit is due. Don't play with BBV.
0: Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton, and I'm Nadira Goff, and you're listening to Icymi, in case you missed it, Slate's podcast about internet culture. And for the first time in the year by
2: Lord and Savior 2023, I'm reunited with my soul sister Nadira. Nadira,
0: welcome back. How was hosting the show in my absence? Ah, oh, I missed you. I missed you dearly. It was really hard to fill your shoes, but I'm glad to be back and to be in the guest host chair. <laughs> I mean, I do wear, you
2: know, a hefty nine and a half shoes, so <laughs> there's some big shoes to fill. <laughs> We actually haven't like talked in a hot minute besides like sending each other videos of Dylan O'Brien and mutually celebrating the possible demise of Aaron Taylor Johnson's mm-hmm. marriage <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. so besides that how are you doing you you recently moved right how's the apartment coming along
0: it's, it's coming along. I, I just want to point out very quickly that I'm doing a lot better ever since that video of Dylan O'Brien dancing with the New York Knicks dancers <laughs> was released. Um, but yes, so as true. for my apartment, it's coming along. I still have some furnishing to do, though. The furnishing thing is going very slowly.
2: Oh. oh, well, actually, I think I can help you out. I think I have some intel on some furnishing for you. Okay, say more. Okay, so would you by any chance want a six-foot-tall decorative planter shaped like the at symbol for a low, low price of (laughs) $10,000? Or or perhaps a pizza oven for the same price? And also, you know, you're recording pretty regularly. I see you're in the office right now. Mm -hmm. Maybe you need um, several individual soundproof phone booths. You could record from home. okay? Or $61,000. K and 95 masks for $650, which is actually a that's a steal for that many masks. You mm. know, we're in the era of pandemics. Um, <laughs> but actually, I think I know what you really need. Okay. I think I know what you need. A blue electric light display shaped like Twitter's
0: bird logo for 36k. I think you really need that in your house. Okay, I have a lot of thoughts on this. The first being that I'm I'm broke, so no. i don't the second being that my aesthetic is very much on twitter but no one needs to know i'm on twitter like i'm Mm -hmm. very much addicted to twitter but i don't Mm -hmm. give that i'm addicted to twitter and so therefore i feel like this would be a dead giveaway but what pray tell the hell are you talking about not pray tell the
2: hell shakespeare has come alive oh hey answer chat (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So all of those items are actually currently for sale in an auction of, uh, quote, surplus corporate office assets, unquote, from Twitter's San Francisco office. So you could own something that has been within the realm of Twitter. And the auction will most likely be over by the time this episode airs. But luckily for us, we we get to browse exactly what Twitter is selling on. So, you know, besides all the things I previously mentioned, they also have, you know, couches for $1,500, which I'm moving and looking for couches. That's actually not that bad of a price. No, it, like, it isn't.
0: It isn't. It, it, it It's not that bad. <laughs> I just, um, I, I want to point out that everything on this <laughs> <laughs> on this auction that I'm scrolling through. You know, when people talk about the design of today and modernism and they talk mm-hmm. about how it has no life and no color yes. and it's yes. all. Just, yeah, yes. this is very much giving gray. <laughs>
2: like So true clean. And like the pops of color are terrible. They're this te- like lime green bar stools which are you know the color green that is in all offices that yes. some corporate designer somewhere told somebody that this is the fun green yes that it's that green <laughs> and i
0: i i hate it what is I there's it just too. so many chairs it's i'm not so many over all this kitchenware <laughs> I feel Um, as though we should rent out a space (laughs) and buy all of this, all of these industrial size kitchen Kitchen. things and Mm -hmm. um, learn how to cook.
2: (laughs) Learn learn how to cook. No, so true queen. It's just, there's so many things here. And the thing is, there are less things than when we checked earlier in the day, which means that someone somewhere has decided to buy these things for these prices, which is... Surprising to me, but apparently not surprising to someone, because Ross Dove, the chief executive of the parent company that is running the auction for Twitter, told the New York Times that more than 20,000 people had registered to bid online, which is the most of any of the firm's auctions over the last 90 years, Mm. nine decades. Ross Dove also estimated that the auction would net Twitter $1.5 million dollars so i guess someone out there really does want that giant twitter logo because it's not available anymore <laughs> I, yeah i just
0: okay i guess i'm also not surprised because if there's one thing i know to never underestimate is how much money rich people and clout chasers will spend on the most ridiculously stupid shit but i'm also surprised because like where does one put that what is the benefit like you could just get that off Etsy for 20 bucks. You know what I mean? Okay. Like all of it. Like I just true.
2: But you know, Elon Musk hasn't been in the presence of the one on Etsy. And I'm assuming that's what's really drawing people. Um, can I admit something? Yes. When we first started talking about this, <laughs> our producer, Daniel Schrader, mentioned like a giant neon sign. And I thought he said a giant neon at sign, like the at symbol. And there was a brief, <laughs> there was a brief moment where I was like, do I want that?
0: Oh honey. So
2: <laughs> unfortunately I'm the problem.
0: <laughs> it's me. But you know what? You know what? Neither of us actually has enough money to be this kind of problem. So, true. so I, it works out. Right now our poverty is saving us <laughs> from cringe. <laughs> At least it's doing something.
2: Um but that's enough on my bad design and also enough about twitter except not really because after a short break we're gonna be back with some high-speed downloads i know it's been a really long time since we've done them um today's downloads feature drama over irish butter and the saga of one austin butler all of that and more after a short break And we're back with High Speed Downloads. If you haven't heard us play it before, High Speed Downloads is a game where Nadir and I get exactly one minute, that is correct, just one minute, to explain some wild internet hijinks. In case you don't particularly love listening to people talk really, really, really fast, I'd recommend changing your podcast playback setting to like 0.75x any slow one will sound drunk and to the people who listen to podcasts on 1.5x speed good luck (laughs) (laughs) nadir since this is your first time doing a high-speed download i i will very kindly and benevolently go first to show you the ropes
0: thank you so much because i'm 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 scared
2: (laughs) you're gonna do great uh
0: but i will be explaining Buttergate. I can't wait to hear about this. I love butter. Okay, you've got one minute on the clock. Three, two, one, go.
2: Okay, this all started when a Twitter user named Arfosabi tweeted this year, on a regular, butter due to a butter shortage in Georgia and made cookies with Kerrygold instead. And she said, I will never not use Irish butter at Vegas again, game changer. Irish butter, y'all, if you never tried Kerrygold before, please do, this is not an ad, I swear to God. Also sponsor me Kerrygold. Now most people who saw this were like, wow, yes, Kerrygold, phenomenal. Or we're like, wow, look at those cookies. Or there were like a lot of Irish people who were like, our butter is so great. Look at these cute cows who produce our butter. The reason Irish butter is so great is because there's a much higher fat content than American butter, which has a lot of water in it. Also, Carigol specifically gets their Milk from cows who are grass fed. So the cows are very happy. Happy cows make good butter. But back to the drama. Somehow Afrasabi is like uh, made into a colonial, environmentally bad person because apparently we shouldn't be buying expensive imported butters because it contributes to carbon emissions or something. Someone responded to them like, I have a friend in Ireland and the country is falling apart because of too many cows. Maybe you should seconds. get local, like Wisconsin or from New Zealand. New Zealand? Also, the country's falling apart because of cows? Somehow this turns into like Afrasabi not being kind to native people but then Irish Twitter and Native Twitter and black people got together and were like, we love butter!
0: (laughs) That was great. I honestly, I feel like you ran through a whole bunch of stuff about butter. You know, (laughs) Uh I feel like I went through multiple emotions while you were were doing that. It was great. I've learned recently, as in today, as in a few minutes ago, that (laughs) in the time-honored tradition of high-speed downloads, (laughs) (laughs) you get one more sentence. So... What is it?
2: Um, so it's going to be as I usually do—a run-on sentence, which means there's going to be multiple clauses because I love to cheat. So the first clause is that the account of the Irish president's dog retweeted Afrosabi's carry go tweet. Why do political animals? Why are why are there <laughs> political animals? I have a lot of questions, but that's not important. The most important clause is. Ever since I read one of my favorite books, which is Patrick Rodden Keefe's book, Say Nothing, which is about the troubles in Ireland, I have felt a deep kinship with Irish people. Not Irish American, because I've been to Boston and I lived in Chicago on St. Patrick's Day. And I've heard a lot of people say that Irish were the original (laughs) slaves, which is not true. But I only treat Irish Americans with skepticism. But actual Irish people from, like, the country of Ireland, Northern Ireland, and also the other one, I fuck heavy with y'all.
0: Like, I like (laughs) y'all. I was not expecting... this podcast to get into the uh, differences between indentured servitude and slavery, but I shouldn't be surprised because I feel like whenever (laughs) Ireland discourse comes out, it always gets into the differences between indentured servitude and slavery. Um, But anyway, you should go to Ireland at some point, Rachel. I've been, and it's incredible, and yes, Irish people are the nicest people I've ever met. No, I'm not just saying that. It is very true. I I will say that in any situation, circumstance, you need me to, on record, in any form, Irish people are the nicest people I've ever met.
2: Okay, so the next live show is going to be in Dublin that, you know, 2023 Let's go. invite me to your podcast festival in Dublin. I'm sure you have one. So <laughs> while we wait for that invite, Nadir, it's time for your very first high-speed download. Are you excited?
0: Yes, and scared.
2: Good. What are you telling me about today?
0: So... I'm going to try and explain why the internet is obsessed with Austin Butler still talking like Elvis.
2: <laughs> I'm so excited, not least because truly up until Elvis came out, I consistently mixed up Austin Butler with Cody Lindley. Uh, so I'm glad you're going to help me
0: <laughs> not do that anymore. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know if I can help you with that. <laughs> with that but i
2: i know that's what i expect this this high speed download to do you've got one minute on the clock (laughs)
0: to help me out all right three two one go Okay, so in July of 2019, it was announced that Austin Butler, whose most important credential of his career thus far, if you ask me, is not the Tarantino movie he did, but The Gary Diaries, would play Elvis in Boz Luhrmann's upcoming biopic. He beat out Harry Styles for the role. It was a whole cycle of internet celeb news. It was a whole thing. Anyway, he spends two to three full years prepping and filming this movie. No one hears from him or about him, except for the news that he's broken up with longtime girlfriend Vanessa Hudgens in 2020, which is like a shock to everyone. I'm devastated. I don't want to talk about it. Then in May of 2022, <laughs> he has his first appearance after the movie at the Met everyone starts freaking the fuck out because he still sounds like Elvis in interviews, even though they would long past finished filming. Then in June, the movie actually comes out, and there are so many interviews and profiles about him and his voice, but people being like, I, I don't know what's going on, maybe it's permanently changed. Doesn't that happen? And now, months later at the Golden Globes, which happened a couple weeks ago, Austin Butler wins for Best Actor in a Drama Motion Picture, and the internet freaks the fuck out again because he still sounds like Elvis. Someone says, <laughs> why does Austin Butler sound like George W. Bush? Please be serious on Twitter. Another one Austin Butler has one more chance <laughs> to shut the Elvis voice up, I swear to God. And I'm wondering, why is everyone talking about the Elvis voice at the Golden Globes when they should be asking why I randomly thanked Denzel Washington during a speech, who is not involved in the film at all. I don't know. He defended it by saying, I don't think I sound like him still, but like I guess I must. Okay, yes. we got,
2: we're, done, we're, done, we're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. You're done. <laughs> I'm so glad I got to hear your Austin Butler impression. Um I would like to hear it again, I'm not gonna lie, in a non fast paced <laughs> voice.
0: <laughs> Please. Uh sure. Okay. So <laughs> So after the Golden Globes, he defends this because, you know, everyone's like, people are laughing on Twitter about your Elvis voice. And he's like, I don't think I sound like him still, but I guess I must because I hear it a lot. And I often liken it to when somebody lives in another country for a long time. And then his vocal coach defended it in print, saying she doesn't know how long it could last, maybe, quote, forever. So there was also that. And that's my impression. That was
2: beautiful. Um, I feel like at this point, just to understand fully what Nadir has told us, also for us to compare Nadir's impression to the real thing, we have to hear Austin Butler's voice. So we're going to do a little comparison. So here's Austin Butler from before 2019, basically before he started filming and preparing for Elvis.
0: People that I was going to be on stage with and in that rehearsal room, and I think just the, the the everest of terror that i was feeling um,
2: and here's him at the golden globes
0: oh man all my words are leaving me um i i just am so grateful right now i'm in this room full of my heroes brad i love you <laughs> Quinn and I printed out the Pulp Fiction script. And I-,
3: I
2: don't know about you, but that's pretty conclusive if you ask me. But, Nadira, you you kind of get one more sentence because I asked you to do an impression, which is separate okay. from the sentence. So you get one more sentence. So what else do you have for me?
0: Okay, well, in this uh really long sentence full of questions, <laughs> but without question marks because that would end the sentence, Um. <laughs> The one thing that I find interesting about all this is that some part of me kind of gets it. So he did this interview with Elle Australia during the first wave of internet confusion at his voice. And I can't believe there are multiple waves of this where he explained, there are so many waves. It's almost like feminism where he also explained that not only has he been like focusing on the voice and being Elvis for literal years, but a part of getting into Elvis's character is that being surrounded by people and cameras and an audience is a sort of trigger for it. And so I can imagine that sort of Pavlovian response in some way actually. Existing, but more importantly, all of this immediately made me wonder whether or not Austin is going to have this accent in Dune Part Two, which is coming out later this year.
2: Mm hmm. Dune Two, too fast. Dune Two, too sandy. Too yes, I'm aware. I'm aware of this movie. I mean, the thing about Dune is that there's some dude named Duncan Idaho in it. So I really feel like a, a <laughs> knockoff true. Elvis Presley would probably fit right in. <laughs> um, If I'm being honest, though, I'm starting to feel like there's maybe too much here to talk about in just the high-speed download. Like, we haven't even talked about the thing I care about, which is Baby V, Vanessa Hudgens. So just this once and just for you, I'm going to break the rules. Thank you. (laughs) After a short break, we're going to be back to talk more about Austin Butler's recent turn on the internet spotlight. We're going to talk about the many waves of his accent discourse, and we will finally get into the Vanessa Hudgens of it all.
1: (laughs) Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? Split Screen Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now.
2: Hi, y'all. Hope you're enjoying today's show. If this is your first time listening to ICYMI, then welcome. We are so thrilled to have you here. In case you missed it, that's what ICYMI stands for. And also, our show comes out twice a week, on Wednesdays and Saturdays. You are currently listening to the Saturday episode. On Wednesday, we talk to BuzzFeed News, Internet Culture Reporter Kelsey Weekman, all about the most popular YouTuber in the world, Mr. Beast. If you know nothing about him, like I did, you won't want to miss it. And we're back with Nadira, And with Austin Butler, except not really. We don't, I think, have the clout for that. Or maybe we do, Austin, if you're listening. Hey, come on the show. We have a big fan here. It's not me. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) back to the topic at hand. For a lot of people, and by a lot of people, I'm just going to speak for myself, me, I feel like Austin Butler came out of nowhere. Like, up until Elvis came out, and I was like, okay, Boz Lerman's doing something wild once again. Also, why are there so many music biopics i don't know but up until that came out i thought he was the guy who played hannah montana's boyfriend cody Lindley.
1: or mm. i
2: thought he was the guy in you know that live action beating the beast adaptation not the official Do I. but <laughs> which in hindsight i think actually starred vanessa hudgens which is maybe why i thought he played the beast but that's not him That's another white man named Alex Pettifer. So, Nindira, what makes this specific white man so special from the other white men that
0: I just mentioned? Okay, so I should preface this by saying that there's nothing that I can say that will make this specific white man so special. We just each have our faves (laughs) because we each have flaws. And Austin (laughs) Butler happens to be my flaw. But... (laughs) You're also not wrong. <laughs> he was in one episode of Hannah Montana where him and Miley watch a scary movie as like a oh. blind date. And his performance in that episode actually led to a really popular meme.
1: It's just a movie. It's just a movie. It's just a movie. One of the worst dates of oh my life. I'm sorry. Something's in there.
0: Something's in there. There's something in there.
1: having
2: a party? They're watching a scary movie, obviously, and Austin Butler's character, whose name I cannot be bothered to remember at this moment, gets so scared that he knocks the popcorn out of Miley's hands, and then Billy Ray Cyrus comes in with the chainsaw for unknown reasons, and obviously scares Austin Butler, and I... Had forgotten that this existed until I just watched this. I feel like you excavated something from my brain, and I also had the thought maybe Austin learned his southern accent from the one
0: Miley's doing here. Okay, well, sweet niblets, let's hope not, because that her <laughs> accent. <not> sweet niblets. <laughs> I had to take it back. You know, I had to, I had to prove my authenticity. But anyway, I think overall, that's actually the thing about Austin Butler for me is that his career has followed my sort of trajectory of growing up and the things that I've been watching. And also, he's just a really really good actor so I have been following his career since it began which is back in the Disney Nick days he was on Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide Zoe 101 oh and all that kind of wow. stuff I know listen I know Blast from the Past and then he was on the Carrie Diaries which he was great in but is also great as a whole and he was also in a low key fave show of mine the Shannara Chronicles which we don't have time to get into but was like Lord was of like, the Rings but that? for teens and on TV oh, it was wild mm-hmm. okay then you know what Lord of the Rings for teens on
2: TV does sound like something that would exist.
0: <laughs> and it existed and it was good. Shout out to the Schnar Chronicles. I, you know, you were treated unfairly and we it, it's fine. We'll we'll get over it. So, after all of will this, will we? It's a, it's a valid question. I don't know. I am sitting here doing this podcast. So, after all of this stuff, it seemed like he got into this like critically acclaimed territory he was Mm -hmm. in the 2018 Broadway revival of the Iceman Cometh starring Denzel which I did see and then in 2019 he was in a Jim Jarmusch movie and Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and he was great in everything which includes Elvis Tom Hanks is questionable in that movie but Austin (laughs) Butler is undeniably great
2: wait wait okay this explains why he thanked denzel washington at the golden globes which i i didn't i was i was like denzel i haven't seen elvis but i i know for a fact denzel is not on that project nor would he ever be involved in that project like he's not even gonna do an
0: ep credit on that no no as far as i know he has nothing to do with that movie and yeah i think after press asked Austin butler why he talked about denzel because it's a valid (laughs) question and yeah i i forgot when I was listening to his speech that I actually did see a very famous Broadway revival that starred them both. But anyway, the reason why it was so surprising is because it was one more time than Denzel's actual son, John David Washington, has (laughs) ever thanked his father. So I just, (laughs) there was a lot going on.
2: Well, Nadira, why would would John David thank his father? He did it all by himself. He doesn't need to Mm. thank him. He's never enjoyed any special treatment because of his father, Denzel Washington. What would make you think? That. Cough, Every cough. person starts off their career in a Spike Lee movie. Like Yes, and then a, I did. And then famously. a Christopher Nolan movie. Like,
0: obviously. Obviously.
2: <laughs> but you know, back to Austin, we're done dragging John David Washington, who's very pretty, beautiful gowns. Um, you very convincingly led me through Austin Butler's CV. And I did realize in this that I other than his Nickelodeon Disney Channel days, I did see him and Enjoy is maybe not the right word because I never know how I feel after watching a Tarantino film, but I was present for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which features a scene with a flamethrower that is indelible in my imagination. That's not why I'm here. I don't, like, we don't, I don't want to actually want to talk about Austin Butler's career. Like, part of the reason Austin <laughs> blew up over the past few months wasn't just the accent. That was definitely the accent. Like, if you Google Austin Butler's accent right now, there's 18 million Google results. But the other thing that broke through my Austin Butler free feed was him calling his ex-girlfriend, the icon, the legend, Baby V, Vanessa Hudgens, his friend in an interview, if there's anything I know about Austin Butler is that he dated
0: Vanessa Hutchins. So what's going on here? What's going on? So Austin was in Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure, the high school musical spinoff movie. Yes, I (laughs) know. I really feel like you are digging deep into the recesses of the
2: folds of my brain and pulling things out that are definitely in there, but that I forgot about.
0: (laughs) Unfortunately, this stuff is not in the deep recesses of my brain and really should be, but it's... Sitting at the top, real present. So anyway, here it is. So during Sharpay's fabulous adventure, he becomes best friends IRL with the Ashley Tisdale, put some respect on my girl's name because her 2007 album Headstrong is a straight banger and y'all weren't there. Anyway, Ashley introduced him to Vanessa (laughs) and they started what would be an eight to nine year relationship, which I felt deeply parasocially attached to. Vanessa posted on Insta all the time. Austin was a lot more private about his personal life, but is super into photography. So when he did post, it was almost always a pic of Vanessa and I don't know they were just like super cute all the paparazzi photos of them were just very lovey-dovey and eight to nine years in Hollywood is a long time like I legit thought that they would get married and last forever
2: no I think that's fair eight to nine years in Hollywood years is like 20 years on the outside world I I when I remembered that they existed which was rare as in when I decided to listen to Come Back to Me by Vanessa Hudgens, I I realized that I was rooting for them. So I, I too was sad. I can't say I was sad when they broke up because I kind of forgot that
0: the, I like, you know, yeah. and when I'm reminded of it, I'm like, ah, that was sad, wasn't it? I think the thing about it is that I loved high school musical. Oh. I loved high school musical. Let's just we're <laughs> make that clear. All in we together. are all in this together. I mean, I guess Austin and Vanessa I not mean, so much no, anymore. no, no we're not. <laughs> But something about Vanessa and Zac Efron being together in real life actually just never sat right with me. Okay, well, quick digression to say at some point we need to do an episode about the Disney
2: stars and how their online drama was part of, like, they they were producing online drama like it paid their rent, and it did. That's a separate episode. But also, I differ from you here because there's nothing I love more than an on-screen relationship turned off-screen relationship. When pats and k Stu broke up, my teen life was over. Though, as an adult, I'm like, y'all both seem much happier now, and I'm happy for you. Though I will never forgive Robert
0: for what he did to my girl Twigs. But once again, that's another episode. I mean, me too. Especially the Twigs part. But yeah, the first thing I do after finishing literally anything, movie, TV show, limited series, K drama, anything where the romantic leads have (laughs) truly where the romantic leads have good chemistry is look up whether the actors are actually together. The second thing I do is wish that they were together, because most often they are not. (laughs) And so I don't know what it was about Zach and Vanessa that I never fully liked or got into, but what I did like was watching Vanessa and Austin help usher each other out of this Disney hellscape that they probably suffered in. Like everyone else suffered in, and Mm -hmm. I'm sad that it meant we didn't get any more Vanessa bangers like Come Back to Me or Sneaker Night, which is the one you didn't mention, Uh, but is the pinnacle, but, you know, it is what it is. Like, to me, it was cute. They became adults. It was fine. Now, if we're talking about things I don't like, it is Austin referring to Vanessa as his friend, which he did, as you mentioned, during this year's Hollywood Reporter Roundtable series while he was explaining how a friend convinced him that he should play Elvis in the first place. Oh, So I was looking at Christmas lights and, uh, and there was an Elvis Christmas song on the radio and I was with a friend of mine and I was singing along and my friend kind of looked over at me and goes, you got to play Elvis. And we know this friend is Vanessa because she told the same story on Live with Kelly and Ryan back in 2019.
1: Last December we were driving along and we were listening to Christmas music and an Elvis <laughs> Presley Christmas song came on and he had just dyed his hair dark. He's a natural like blonde blonde and um, I was looking at him and he was singing along and I was like, Babe, you need to play Elvis. I'm like I don't know how, but like I'm I'm serious,
2: you need to play him. On one level, I'm like, you know what? Maybe they are still friends and therefore he's being, you know, maybe it's cordial. But on the other hand, the deep primal part of me says that there's no level of fame or hit making that will stop a man from playing in your face. And that's what this felt like to me. I will say that this entire saga introduced me to several thousand of Vanessa's writers because wow, my God, I did not realize people love Vanessa (laughs) as much as they do. I love that for her. (laughs) But This comment of his in this Hollywood Reporter Roundtable created an avalanche of content along the lines of, Vanessa created you, you ungrateful man. (laughs) And as a petty bitch who loves drama, I live for it. Same. (laughs) (laughs) And we're not the only ones. There's a tweet from at Complex Cut, which reads, Hashtag Awesome Butler, I love you, but you're trifling. Nine years, and Vanessa Hudgens was just a friend. I only knew you as Vanessa's Coachella boyfriend for a long time. Go win your award and thank Vanessa for directing you to
0: your greatness. Coachella boyfriend? <laughs> because the way they were always at Coachella is really like, like, you know how I was saying that Austin never posted on his Instagram that much? One mm-hmm. time when they were always posting was when they were at Coachella, which felt like all the time, even though Coachella only happens <laughs> once a year. Like, I don't know how they managed to Not do that. Not for them, apparently. Coachella's <laughs> all the time. <laughs>
2: And then there are TikToks about this. There's one from at Aziza Rowan. I actually think that they're so beautiful
1: together. But Austin Butler was with Vanessa Hudgens for like 10 years. She supported his ass when he was like a B, C grade part-time working actor. He's actually the one who told And
2: then there's at Chicks in the Office who have a similar opinion.
1: My friend. He said my friend. My, my friend. They my dated friend. for 10 years. Does. It wasn't like a one, two year relationship, yeah. whatever. You dated for 10 years and you said my friend.
0: Okay, so, you know, in all those movies and shows where the female protagonist is dating a mediocre man for years and then he breaks up with her or they break up mutually, whatever. And then after the breakup, he finally gets his shit together, which she's been telling him to do all along. And he dates Mm -hmm. someone new. And then at the Mm -hmm. end, the female protagonist is like, it's hard to see someone else reap the benefits of all your hard work. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. by that, I mean, have you seen the show Insecure? Anyway, I have. I have, and I understand the trope that you're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Right. This isn't exactly the same because I just spent all of those minutes talking about all of the ways in which I felt awesome, but it was not mediocre. But it's also not that different. Like, <laughs> you can say her name. You can even say ex-girlfriend. I swear it's not a bad thing. And if you're doing all of this, like calling her a friend or whatever or trying to be coy about it while giving her kudos for giving you the idea for something that becomes a career-making role, then like, I don't know. Say it with your chest. No, it's
2: so true. It's just like, you could just say Vanessa and we would all know who you're talking about. And we would be like, wow, look at him giving credit to his ex. We love that they're friends. Instead of just right. being like a friend, a random, undescribed friend. I will say my favorite part of this is that in this drama, people decided to resurface um, a photo. I'm sure you know a photo I'm talking about. <laughs> Of Vanessa Hudgens meeting Austin Butler's current girlfriend, Kaya Gerber, a.k.a. the Gerber baby, a.k.a. the daughter of the icon, Cindy Crawford. Except Kaya Gerber is like a prepubescent child. (laughs) And and Vanessa Hudgens is like fully post high school musical. And it's so fucking funny because everyone's posting it like his ex meeting his current girlfriend for the first time. And it's just like... (laughs) Look at men.
0: Like everything about everything about this photo is funny. It's such a this is not funny way. It's like every time I see this photo, I just laugh because I love him. I think I've made that clear. But like this photo is so embarrassing. Like, are you not embarrassed? Are you not embarrassed? Like, date someone who isn't a decade younger than you. I mean, okay, you know, it's possible. I happen to know a girl who is hot and well-spoken and has a real job. Oh, do you? Do you? I do. Is it you? Listen, close mouths. Don't get fed, Rachel, okay? <laughs> I had to shoot my shot.
2: All right, that is the show. Be back in your feed on Wednesday, so please subscribe. It's the best way to never miss an episode, to never miss a high-speed download, because yes, they're back. Please leave a rating and review in Apple or Spotify and tell your friends about us. Tell Austin Butler about us you can follow us on Twitter at ICYMI underscore pod, which is also where you can DM us your questions and or Austin Butler's phone number. I will pass it along to Nadir if you have it. And you can also always drop us a note at
0: ICYMI on Slate.com. ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader and Rachel Hampton. Thank you to Sierra Spragley-Ricks for additional production help. Daisy Rosario is our senior supervising producer. And Alicia Montgomery is Slate's VP of Audio. See you online. Or in Ireland. The best part is like towards the end when they're actually watching the movie and he's like scared. I think Daniel just wants to watch this clip. (laughs) Fair enough.